Welcome to Wheels World, your wheel overall, powered by 3Gen Physical Therapy and Sports Performance Institute. Every week we'll be coming to you with this podcast addressing current events, sports, and mental health. We hope that you sit down with us and listen to the show and maybe you take some useful information from it. And I hope you're having a blessed one. And away we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well on this morning. It's been a little while since I've actually done an episode. Um, I've been really busy of late, got kind of caught behind um, some sponsorships and stuff that came about and um, just busy with the clinic. So got a little bit um, distracted, but I'm back. So before we get started, though, everybody who's been listening, who's been supporting, um, we appreciate all of you all and all our new listeners. We're glad that you press play. So if you could, Drop down in the description, subscribe, follow, share all the episodes. And if you have any questions or want to actually get us to talk about something, go for it. Um, just hop in the comments. Now, um, in the next couple of days, we're gonna do we're gonna try to release an episode every day because we're gonna talk about some injuries of some some star players. And the reason I want to touch on these because these are two different types of injuries. I've talked about one type of injury earlier, and we really want to hop into the timeline and how it's going to affect each player. Um, With NFL coming up, this is for my people who are interested in the NFL who would like to hear about these type of actual injuries. And I think that the biggest thing is that what I'm going to give you is based off my experience. I've had experience with both of these injuries. I've rehabbed these injuries. I've seen how they affect the athlete. And a lot of the actual quote unquote um, stuff that's surrounding them is a lot of indefinite timetables. Basically, they're not given a timetable. Some of them are being projected as a six to eight week. Some are projected a little different. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about how hurt is Joe Burrow really? How hurt is Joe Burrow really? So for all of everybody who doesn't watch football or been underneath the rock, Joe Burrow is the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he played at Ohio State, transferred from Ohio State to LSU, where he just balled out. <laughs> um, had a crazy core of receivers, Justin Chase, I mean, Jamar Chase, y'all said Justin Chase, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and um, some other guys too. Um, but he had a very, 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 very great receiving core while there. Great team. And they, they won a championship when he was there. Now, if anybody's watched Joe play, what you'll realize about Joe is that, you know, he has really good mobility. He scrambles to throw the ball, then he does to run the ball, but he will take off on you and get down the field. He has really great pocket mobility, and what that basically means is that he's able to kind of sort of move around and dodge rushers and still stay upright in the pocket to make a throw, which is why this injury, which he's had um, this few days ago, is super, super, super... Um, you know, important because it affects all the things I just listed. So Joe had a calf injury. They're not really getting to the details of the actual location of the injury. They're not getting the details of the actual level of the strain. And for anybody who is, you know, not aware, a strain of an actual muscle is a tear on some level. You can grade them one, two, through three. One is the less significant. Three is pretty much a tear. You need a surgical procedure. Two is kind of the in-between. And with that, the thing that I think is left out is that a calf injury 
for the most part, is a stretch injury. So basically, you plant your foot in the ground, you're getting ready to push off, the calf actually contracts to be able to convert the force that you put on the ground into a ability to move forward. And as a result, it's stretched. So when it stretches like that and it tears, there's a weakness in the tissue that was there prior to that, right? So if anybody watched Joe walk around actual OTAs, what ended up happening is that you see him walk around with a sleeve on his leg reason you have a sleeve on your leg or you wear any type of compression is one to help with better recruitment of muscles so if you compress an area your muscles tend to recruit a little bit better things stay a little bit warmer and basically you give the actual player an ability to be able to you know move around with a little bit more assurance because of that contact of the actual compression garment or sleeve so when he was walking around with a sleeve he was already somewhat injured the discomfort he was feeling is basically the stretching of the muscle tissues or the epineurosis or slash fascia, which is the covering of the muscle or the, or the, or the actual white tissue that's between the muscles. So the thing that with the calf injury being eccentric injury or a stretch injury, it is very, very likely that it can be torn or stretched again, even after he comes back, because it's a strength issue, right? Now, there are three areas of concern here. When was the initial injury, right, that led him to wear the, the actual sleeve? Was the initial injury in OTAs, first day back, moving around a little bit, uh, calf feels kind of uncomfortable? Or was the initial injury a month ago when he was, you know, out and about working out in the field on his own before he came to camp throwing the ball around? Because if the injury happened that far out, you know, a month or so out before he showed up to camp, now we're in a situation that we have an actual issue with the tissue healing to completion. So we have some some possible um, stubborn tissue that does not want to heal in its entirety. So there may be something he will deal with all season. Now, if it happened during the actual start of camp, we have a situation where it's still really acute. The injury is, you know, new. So you can possibly get your body to get to a place of getting that thing healed to completion. But the underlying issue that we are kind of missing is that he's going to need to do some strengthening after he heals, even after he feels better, which takes time. So with Joe's issue, the initial injury, like I just stated, is one of the concerns. The third, the second level of concern is the level of the strain. Like I said, is it is it one, two or three? Right. And then because of that is that if it's a one, that's a very minor ordeal. It still depends on how your body likes to heal, but it's pretty minor. That can be, you know, something that can be better in, in three to four weeks, right? With the proper amount of actual treatment, you know, strengthening, um, just giving us about the time to recover, even the, prop, the right, right type of nutrition. And that one, it's a little bit easier to control, in my opinion. Now, when you start getting to the two and the three, since two is a moderate and three is pretty much, you know, all the way gone, it's a rupture, it's a tear, it's a tear that needs to be surgically repaired. The thing that you run into is that with a moderate, the moderate could not be that far from an actual borderline severe strain, right? And moderate is based on what, really? They'll do imaging sometimes. Imaging, MRIs, looking at the tissue can be 
somewhat conclusive but you still can miss you know some things within that so you can't you can grade it but doesn't the grade is a national objective grade we're not grading it with a ruler you know you're really grading on the actual disruption of tissue in the area and the amount of swelling um, around the tissue so it's still a visual analysis and it's a subjective one although it's a subjective measure by an actual expert it's still, guess what? Subjective. So it could be looked at as being a two, but it could be borderline three, right? And that still is going to have a stretched out timeline. Now, the last area of concern is the location of the strain. It's the strain in the calf muscle itself, the gastroc and soleus complex. You have two pieces of your calf muscle. You have the gastroc, which is the the actual muscle head you see the big head and then the soleus which is the one that is actually up against the tibia it does not cross the joint it's about mid-level of the tibia and with that if it's in the muscle a lot of great blood flow there um, possibility to be able to kind of sort of heal a lot quicker um, and in addition to that you know that area is a little bit more susceptible to recovery in a sense of like I can strengthen it, you know, do some low level stuff to kind of get the blood flowing and early. Now, if it's the fascia or the apotenrosis where the actual muscle starts to blend into the actual, um, not blend, I guess, but when the muscle is starting to go from muscle to tendon a little bit, and I'm gonna say something in a second that kind of sort of separates the two, or even the actual fascia surrounds the muscle is torn, you know, pretty well then we have a whole nother issue because that fascia is not as actual um you know it's not as actual receptible to recovery as the muscle tissue is and it's just because of the fact it's a fascia it's an actual you know a white fibrous type of deal so it tends to be a little bit more tacky when it's healing back it's not going to be as actual pliable as the muscle and the last piece is that it's the location of strain at the musculotendinous junction where the muscle starts to bleed into the actual, not bleed, but I guess starts to transition into the Achilles tendon. Although he grabbed his calf, which was a great thing, one, is that it flexed his foot. That's another great thing. I mean, that the Achilles is intact. That muscle tendinous junction is not where you want to have a tear, okay, or strain. Now, with that being said, you have those three areas of concern, and you don't want to have a strain or tear there at that musculotendinous junction, or even in the fascia itself. The return, usually for something like this, is about four to six weeks. I would still say six weeks to be safe. Now, from a competitive advantage for the Cincinnati Bengals, that's not a good thing because their first two games are against divisional opponents. And whether we know it or not, they take score in football. And the reason you take score because you're trying to see who wins. And them losing the first two games would not bode well for them. Although last season they didn't start out great. Joe was injured, obviously, didn't play well. And that leads to the next thing I'm going to talk about in a second. And they were able to basically win eight straight and get to the you know conference championship. So, Joe is great. Not, this is not about his talent level. This is not me being negative. This is me giving you the facts of the situation. Now, with the return of sport being possibly six weeks, right? I said four to six, but it's, for me, it's more six weeks. The problem you run into with this is that what I mentioned earlier, 
Joe is very mobile. Although the Cincinnati Bengals have improved their offensive line, they're known that I have a really good offensive line. So Joe helps them with that by moving around. And he's going to throw the ball about 30 times a game. So that's 30 snaps that he's definitely going to have to actually drop back if he's not already in the shotgun. And his right leg is what affected. He's right-handed. That's his plant leg. That's the that's the leg he's going to transition weight from back to front to be able to throw the ball. And throwing the ball for a quarterback is not really all arms. A lot more feet, hips, stuff like that. So your legs tend to take a toll, you know, especially when he's throwing on the run, right? Um, so him having to go on the center drop back from on the center get to the actual extended handoff of the running back that's going to cause him to actually have to really use this calf so it could even affect how the offense runs you know maybe they don't do a lot of play action from under center maybe they don't do a lot of actual you know move in the pocket or or even you know maybe they do a lot more short quick pass to get the ball out of joe's hand a little bit because joe likes to hold on to the ball because um, he likes to make the big play. You know, that's just kind of what he is at his core. And they do have a good running game with Mixon, Joe Mixon. So it is is going to be a problem throughout the season. I'm pretty sure they're going to manage it really well. But that calf injury is something of note. If you're an actual person who has had it, a person that's experiencing it, or you're watching actual high-level athletes to understand that these calf injuries happening in camp is a weakness issue that's probably reared its ugly head. And it's just a situation where you really have to manage. With him being the franchise quarterback and, a, and up for an actual extension, you want to make sure whatever money you're investing into him is actually going to be returned to you with great play. So um, the biggest thing I want you all to take from this talk is the understanding of the reason for his timetable being six weeks or being un undefined in a sense for some people who speak about it is because we don't know the particulars of all the issues with his calf. Right. But we do know. And as a therapist, I do have a pretty good idea of how that's going to affect his play. And that's why I listed that. And then from that point, what we really need to consider is how much of this issue can be reoccurring or can he re-injure it and with that in mind that's where the expertise and the profession and the actual recovery as well as the actual rehabilitation is super important and that's not easy right so for anybody who's listening today, hope you took something from this talk. Um, the biggest thing is that understanding we have an injury, understanding how to manage it, when to manage it, uh, when to rest, you know, when you need to actually go and have a surgical procedure, when you don't, you know, just just those particulars. And then going forward, figuring out, hey, man, like we have a issue that's, you know, quote unquote, reoccurring because of a strength thing and then how do i change my my actual off-season work to be able to make sure i can afford injuries you know like this again so with that being said i'm hoping everybody you know is doing well on this you know early morning or afternoon or night when you're listening and i hope you all have a great rest of the actual night evening or morning and with that being said have a great one and i'll catch you in the next one